0: hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of crime tea and me i'm your host charlotte here on crime tea and me i sit down with a nice cuppa and sometimes some biscuits and talk about all things crime from murders to bank robberies and everything in between so grab yourself a nice copper and come and join me So on today's episode I'm going to be looking at the murder of Shafili Ahmed. Her murder is what is known as an honour killing which basically means that someone in her family believed that she'd brought shame to the rest of her family and they killed her. In 2019 it was estimated that around about 12 people every year in the UK are killed for this reason. However, according to the charity Karma Nirvana, who specialise in helping anyone suffering from anything from honour-based abuse to forced marriage, the real number could be much higher. They have said that they receive around about 800 emails every month regarding honour abuse, which just goes to show you that you never really know what goes on behind closed doors. So Shafelia Ahmed was born on the 14th of July in 1986 in Bradford in Yorkshire. Her dad was Iftika and her mother was Farzana Ahmed and both of her parents were from the Gujarat district in Pakistan. They were cousins. Her dad was a taxi driver and shortly after Shafili was born her her mum and her dad all moved to a place called Great Sankey in Warrington which is a small town in Cheshire. When she was 11, Shefilia ran away for the first time and when she was eventually found and returned, she told the authorities that it was because she was getting abuse from her family because she was refusing to marry someone that was in Pakistan. This, I think, is just completely disgusting. Like She's 11, like let her be a kid. Seriously, just let her be a kid. <laughs> This would later be looked into as what was done to her if she was telling people this and nothing was being done. Like, all she would do is run away on and off for years and no one was really doing anything about it. When she was 16 years old, her mother, her three sisters and her brother were all forced out of the house by her father Iftikar. They ended up going to a hotel and the police were called and when they ended up speaking to both of her parents neither of them could really remember the reason why he threw them out like who does that look who has an argument genuinely like have you ever had an argument with your partner and it's gotten that bad you leave the house and when someone goes what happened you go oh, I don't remember no I'm sorry as a woman for me I know exactly why arguments start like if I had an argument with her off I'd be like no I know exactly what happened this is why it happened so what what was going on in that household for both of her parents to be like no no we no we don't remember like what who like who does that So Chafeelia was just a completely normal girl she had dreams of becoming a solicitor and she was really really smart when she was in school she was also really popular and she did have a lot of friends she was also a bit of a modern girl she loved her clothes she loved her makeup her hair and Fazana especially was not happy about this she wanted her daughters to act like she did when she was their age like rural villagers in the middle of Pakistan she didn't want her daughters to be or act like western girls she wanted them to be traditional and that's just not how the girls were they you know they they were around western girls they were they had western friends and yet yeah, Fazana just was not happy about this so what they would do is they would punish Shafilia by making her stay in her room all day or they would push her out into the garden and leave her out there she would be physically abused And then be kept off school so that no one would see, like, any bruising that was on her. So, she'd just, like, you know, she'd be off ill. But she wasn't. And in a television documentary that I watched about this, there is actually quotes from her brother and her sisters. So, she had one brother and three sisters. And there's quotes from, like people that have spoke to them saying that they would push through like push through the window food and things so if she was out in the garden, like she'd she'd have something to eat. And I dunno, maybe like, you know, this this just never happened like when I was like sixteen. Like thinking about someone going through that that is crazy. So at around the same time There was a family wedding in Pakistan, so the whole family went and it got, this is where it gets a little bit scary, okay, so yeah, just brace yourself. While she was in Pakistan, she got really, really scared and basically thought that her parents were trying to marry her off. So first of all in order to get her over there her parents ended up crushing in some sleeping tablets that had been been prescribed by the doctor to Iftika. They crushed it up in some juice and they gave it to her. So obviously she was really drowsy and really sleepy when she went to the airport and when she got on the plane and while she was in Pakistan everyone was talking about Shafiliya getting married to one of her cousins over there and she she didn't want this to happen she did not want to go to Pakistan in the first place let alone go for someone else's wedding and then end up being hers as well so she did the only thing that she could do to take back control of her life and she ended up drinking bleach It burnt all of her throat and she ended up going to hospital because of her injuries. Now, a normal parent would, one, absolutely, like, crap themselves, basically. Like, oh my god, my child has just drank bleach. What is, like, what? Clearly this is not happening with her parents. Because iftika ended up leaving Shefilia in Pakistan returning to Warrington and then getting a refund from the airline for Shafia's ticket because Shafilia stayed in Pakistan. Oh these people. You know when you just see people and you just like do you know what? You should just not have kids. That's this this is this is how I feel about and Fazana. You should yeah you should just not have kids. Seriously. After about a week or so Iftikhar got a phone call from his family in Pakistan and they said to him look we can't look after her um, you're gonna have to just come over and you're gonna have to get her and bring her home because we can't look after her anymore so that's what he did he went back picked up Shafilia, brought her back to Warrington and for me I would instantly think right I need to take it to hospital Oh, but Iftika and Farzana. Oh, no, no, no. No, they don't think of that. They keep her home. And Shafilia starts to lose weight because she can't eat. Because her throat's burnt. So, you know, they they just leave her, basically. They finally, after a few weeks. So, it's not just like a few days. Like, after a few weeks, they she's really really bad so they put her in the car and they take her to warrington hospital where she had to stay and the doctors and nurses kept asking them like how did she do this like what what happened like you know these these injuries are weeks old like what happened and they told the doctors that while she was on you know, on holiday to a family wedding, she drank bleach thinking that it was mouthwash. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that there for a few minutes so you can just yeah, take that in. This is what they're telling a doctor. Yeah, I'm so sorry that we didn't bring our daughter in before now, but she thought that bleach was mouthwash. You know when it's like face, palm. That kind of thing. That's honestly what I feel right now. But while she was in hospital, oh, her parents were like these ideal, doting parents. They never left her side. She was constantly, you know, watched by either her mom or her dad. And you know, to doctors and nurses seeing this, they would have been like, "Oh my God, they really care for her. They really worried about their daughter." But no, no. You know, in like, you get those memes and things and it's like, you know, like Instagram and then it's reality. It's sort of like this. The Instagram version is that Iftika and Farzana were these amazing parents who were worried about their daughter. In reality, what they were actually doing was watching her so she didn't tell anyone in the hospital what actually happened. And also, if she was ever discharged, they were there. So they would just take her straight home. She was a flight risk to them. They knew that she had run away before. So, to them, like, they knew that it was a possibility that she could do it again if she got discharged and one of them weren't there. So, yeah, that's the reality. It wasn't the fact that they were these doting, amazing parents. It was the fact that they didn't want anyone to find out what was happening. Once she ended up back home, because when she was discharged, obviously, she went back to her mum and dad's house, she was kept off of school and her school kept making phone calls to the house to see where she was and what was happening and her friends would like randomly turn up at the house and see where she was and Shafili was basically being isolated from everyone that she knew she would have these massive arguments with her parents because of her clothes and her attitude and then in 2003 Shafili disappeared Disappeared from the face of the earth. She never went back to school. She never saw her friends again. Nothing. Her parents told everyone that she had run away again. And, you know, she's done it before. She's got previous for running away and not wanting to come back. So, you know, some people took this as face value. They were like, oh yeah, Shefili has done it before. But her friends at school started hearing rumours that her parents had killed her and even her sisters joked in school that her parents had killed her, and then they were like, oh no, 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 we were joking, we were joking, like, having a laugh about it, and it's like, who does that? Like, I don't even have sisters, but I know for a fact it's one of the things you don't joke about, like, ha ha ha, my parents killed my sister, just kidding, lols, like, no, it doesn't happen, so, When her school and teachers ended up hearing about these rumours, and then, you know, the fact that Shafili wasn't coming to school anymore, she was missing, it was her school that phoned the police and reported her as missing. Not her parents, not her sisters, not her brother. The school. The police went out and interviewed Iftika and Farzana about their daughter, and they treated Shafili as a missing person. They went down all the normal routes, checking her last known whereabouts, looking at CCTV and the way I always think of it is, in the UK we've got this TV show called Hunters and it's where a group of people come together and they basically have to be like, almost like fugitives, like they're hunted by police officers and bounty hunters and things like that. And these 12 people have like the chance to just completely disappear off the face of the earth i watch that because i think it's amazing tv and the amount of cctv we have in the uk is just crazy and yeah it's, it's massive so police going to cctv and trying to find shefilia is just like a normal route so they went they got tapes they sat down they watched them and nothing Not one sighting of Shephelia was made. And this was extremely unusual for the police. After the police had been looking at CCTV, the case sort of started to blow up in the media. And reporters would frequently be outside Farzana and Iftika's house. So one day they decided to talk to the reporters. And they were asked why they weren't worried about their daughter and they replied with what's the point the police can't find her and they've said that she just ran away again and she'll come home eventually (laughs) okay I get it right let's break this down I get it as far as they're concerned their daughter is a troublemaker okay let's let's put that aside okay her daughter their daughter's a troublemaker you know, she's going to run away, she's done it before, she'll do it again, you're still not worried about her? Like, surely, no matter how many times your child runs away, you will always worry about them, because you're the parent, and you love them, but clearly, these two are not worried. Not one iota of them is worried, and that is just sick, completely sick. Then Iftika was asked why he didn't report his daughter is missing. And he said, I just thought that she was at a boyfriend's house. (sighs) Okay, so, I am not, I'm not Muslim, but I am a Catholic. And I feel like family values are something that are very important to both Catholics and Muslims, okay? I understand that faith and especially community is, they have very high expectations of their children and there's a certain amount of things that can bring shame on your family. Like running around with some random boy that your parents don't know. Because it's like if you thought that she was with her boyfriend why, why aren't you over there as a, as a, you know, if, if, if you want your daughter to be this good Muslim girl, why aren't you going to find her? You're not just going to assume, you're going to go over there and be like, um, excuse me, is my daughter here? There was no boyfriend. There was no boyfriend at all. I'm getting very passionate about this now. I'm getting angry. Oh, breathe, have a cup of tea. Breathe. The reporters would then go on to write all these stories up about Shafili and about her family. And her parents would read these stories and they were not happy with how they were being portrayed in the media. Like they seemed so much more upset that their reputation was being destroyed rather than the fact that their door was missing And the police investigation was honestly going nowhere. Like, they had started to look into Shafili's bank records. Because, you know, if you go missing, you're going to need money. Like, at some point, even if you're going completely off the grid, you are going to need money at some point. Her bank account had not been touched at all. So, the police decided to look a little bit deeper into the family They got permission to put listening devices in the family home and also in Iftika's taxi so that they could monitor what everyone was saying and seeing if anyone would bring up Sophilia and anything like that but nothing incriminating incriminating was ever heard from the family. It was around about this time as well that the words honour killing were beginning to be thrown around by the media and... If Farzana did not like this, they weren't happy about this. So they ended up hiring a solicitor. So in the UK, when anyone goes missing, or you know, there's a murder inquiry, normally the family of the victim will be right along the police. You know, they'll be sat up there with the police during all this press conference. And Shafili's family weren't there for them. The police stopped including them in any press conferences that they were holding. And at one point, Iftikhar Farzana actually stormed into the room where they were holding these press conferences. And they accused the police of being Islamophobic and saying that the police were racially profiling the family. In February 2004... So this is just five months after Shafilia disappeared. Some workmen in Sedgwick in Cumbria found a body that had been washed up on the River Kent. The body was tested and it was found to be Shafili Ahmed. During the identification process, they discovered that she'd been murdered either by suffocation or by strangulation. The police then started a murder inquiry as opposed to a missing persons inquiry. Iftika and Farzana were arrested and questioned about their daughter's murder. In England, we have something called the CPS, which is the Crown Prosecution Service. And they're the people who look at crimes and basically see if the police have got enough evidence to be able to convict anyone for this crime. They looked at the case and saw basically the police had insufficient evidence. And both of her parents were released. Shafilia's funeral was held on August 2004. Her family and a lot of local people attended. The police were carrying on with their investigation and they wanted to basically find as much evidence as they possibly could in order to get justice for Shafilia, basically. So I'm going to fast forward quite a few years now six years actually and we're gonna go to august 2010. three armed men broke into the armed house they tied up iftikhan Fazana, and they stole some money and some jewellery as well after the event iftikhan Fazana basically accused their second daughter who is called alicia they accused their second daughter of being in on it so she was accused of having her friends do the robbery basically they spoke to the press about how she had gotten in with a really bad crowd and that she she'd set the whole thing up so alicia was arrested and while she was being interviewed by the police she asked to talk to them about another matter and this is where she opened up about everything that had happened to She told them that her parents had murdered Shafiliya and that they'd threatened them to not say anything to anyone. This was the evidence that the police finally needed to arrest Iftikhan Fazana. The trial started in May of 2012. The prosecution's main witness was Alicia. She told them that on the night of Shafiliya's murder... Farzana had gone to pick up Shafilia from her part-time job and when she got there she found that her daughter was wearing a short sleeve t-shirt and she wasn't happy about it. Outside of her job her mum called her names and said how dare you wear that type of clothing and the argument basically just carried on until they got home and this is when Iftika got involved and during the argument Farzana shouted let's finish it here. They held Shafilia down on the sofa they put a plastic bag in her mouth and they put her hands over Shephelia's mouth and nose to stop her from breathing. This whole time, her brother and her three sisters were sat watching this happen. They saw their parents kill their older sister. After Shephelia stopped moving, her brother and her sisters were told to go to their rooms Iftika took Shefilia's body away, and Farzana basically just tidied up and acted as if nothing had happened. And the children were never specifically told not to say anything. It was sort of like this unspoken understanding. You know, like I, I know it's happened before in my house, like, you know, you just get that look from your parents, and you're just like, yep, not going to mention that. It was that kind of thing. They were never specifically threatened. But it was like an unspoken thing, right? This has happened, but no one's ever going to talk about it. Farzana and Iftika were found guilty of the murder of their daughter. And they were both given 25 years in prison with no chance of parole. 25 years? Okay, it's 25 years. Like, when they get out, they are going to be, like, pensioners. But when you think of it, eventually they're going to get out. Shafili is never going to be alive again like I am one of these people where I think life should mean life and I get you know sometimes it's not financially stable enough to have you know keep people in prison and things but if yeah if you if you murder someone I think no you know what you've taken a life so your life is literally going to be in a box for the rest of it that's what I think anyway the charity that I spoke about earlier um called karma nirvana they started a national day of memory for victims of honor killings this is to be held every single year on the 14th of july which would have been shafilia's birthday this case has always kind of shocked me because i live in warrington i actually live two streets away from shafilia's home And I go past it regularly. It's a normal house on a normal street. And it's really hard to think of what happened inside there. Because it is so normal. Parents are the people that are meant to be there for us and protect us from everything. You know, they're meant to be the people that you turn to when you're having a hard time at school. Or, you know, you're having a hard time with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your friends or your cousins or your aunts or uncles. you know, they're supposed to be there to protect you every single second of the day. And the Ahmed children never had this. Like, their parents were so selfish. And all they were thinking about was, how does this look on us? Like, that is so narcissistic to think, like, how how does this look on us? So, I would like to point something out now. Because I know a lot of people will be thinking, okay, yeah, but it's family tradition. Iftikar, when he first was told that he had to marry his cousin, Farzana, he had already moved to England. He was actually married. He was married to, I think she was a Danish woman, and they had a son. He had his family, and he was forced to leave his wife, leave his son, go back to Pakistan, marry his cousin, and settle down with her, and he did that. And I think that kind of makes this story even worse because he knew how hard it was to leave what you love. He knew how hard it was to go back and be with the person that your family think that you should be with. He knew all of this and yet he still forced it on his daughter and then murdered her because she wouldn't do what he did. Like, in my eyes, I would think, do you know what? I know how it feels and I don't want that for my daughters. But he didn't think that. He was the type of person that's like, well, I did it, so you're going to do it as well. Like, you would think he would have more understanding than that. I'm just getting really worked up now. (sighs) Breathe. (laughs) Thank you so much, again, for listening to today's podcast. And I hope that you liked it. If you did, you can click that little subscribe button and listen to all of my other shows that I have on here. And today is the first day that my podcast is going up. So I am indulging you with not one, not two, not three, but four lovely episodes. And after that, I will be releasing one episode every week. So keep your eyes peeled for more episodes. And if you ever want to chat to me, message me, anything like that, you can hop over onto Instagram and follow me there at Crime Tea and Me. The next episode that I'm going to be looking into is Ruth Ellis, who was the last woman to be executed in Britain. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope you liked Crime, Tea and Me. Bye! (laughs)